It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, this Valentine's Day. My next guest on the show, you know well, not from this show. He was really fondly known as the janitor on The Breakfast Show with Seamus and Christy. He's worked in LMFM for many years, up until late 2017. And he's back with me today on Valentine's Day for a very special reason. People are probably wondering today, why is Danny McAvoy with Jerry Kelly on late lunch? Well, it's because of a love story. Danny, will you take us back? Yourself and Joe. Joan Fox, as she yeah, was. Joan Fox, yeah. How long do you know her? We grew up together in Drogheda. Her grandparents and my next door to one another in Morton Terrace. Her granny lived there, number 41, and I, our house was number 39. 14, 15, walking over Westry and looking, and you know, 16, then starting to go to the hops. 17, then a bit more serious. Just after that, I think about 18, then dancing too much. And so daddy put a stop to that. He sent me away on a, on a ship. Where did you go to? Only over to England, round the coast, and a, mm. a little oil tanker from the oil cake below. What years are we talking about there? 57, 58, 59. Late 60, 50s? Yeah, in the middle of 59. I was away on the ship, and I, I drove her away, and I wrote her a letter to say I was away, and I'd see, if I see, when I come back, so about four months later, came back, went down the town, went to the dance, and when I leave you home, you're better. Then you'd only be home for a, a night. And that was the boys used to say, struggling and God says, don't worry, Danny, we look after a fire while you're away. Rewinding you up. Oh, yeah, that was the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No phones, Danny, no, no, no contact. But I tell you, you remember the post office in Westy? The new one now, not the old one. And I had the phone number to that. And I'd be, so maybe in Glasgow, London, ring up. You'd hear that from me here and you'd go in. Hello there. Oh, who's that? This is Danny McEvoy here. You wouldn't go down to Joan Fox and tell her I'll ring her at nine o'clock. So off you'd go to Boha Brewer, where she lived. The Danny's on the phone at nine. She'd go down to the post and wait, and I'd ring her up. So she'd go into the public phone box yeah, there and wait, and wait till it. the yeah, call yes, came through yes. and you'd get talking to yeah, her then. Yeah. So that's the way you communicated. That's the way we did, yeah. And write a letter. Oh, you write a letter every day, but you might get five or six in the one time. <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. different yeah, times, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Right, it really yeah. was, Danny. So that's where it all started, and you were officially going out together. You were away on the boat, and you kept in contact that way. What happened from there? How did your life move on? I just carried on, kept working and working away and travelling away and saving up to get married. Uh, to get engaged was the first thing, to see. What and year did you get engaged? Uh, at the end of 1959. How long were you engaged before you got uh, married? Uh, 12 or 18 months or something like that, yeah. From late 59 to... 61 early, yeah. 
What date were you married? The 3rd of April, 1961. What time of the day were you married? Nine at? o'clock in the morning, in the Lourdes. And off you went then to the Carlton for yeah. your reception? Yes, yeah. Upstairs in Upstairs, the Carlton yeah. in West Street. And I had a big balcony out the back of the Carlton. You know, you took your wedding photographs out there. Yep. And you had a bit of music after? Yeah, yeah, because I had one accordion. Tony Healy, God rest him, he's dead, yeah. What happened from there? Did you go on honeymoon? Yes. There was nearly no wedding and no honeymoon, Jerry, because on the 10th of February 1961, which was 58 years ago, we got bored that our brother was lost at sea. Now in the world to this day. What was his name, Daddy? Liam. Liam McAvoy. Oh, he's not ever in the town around that knows him and remembered him well, yeah. We went off up to Dublin for, I think, a week or ten days. And Dunyo cracked the zoo. And all around there at the zoo. And that was that your honeymoon. Yes, yes. The hardest part of it as well was plenty of money being a sailor. You couldn't open a bank account. They wouldn't let you because you had no address or no nothing. Who you? you couldn't get nothing. Had to give the money. Daddy. Well, you want to see the job. I walked around about 17 trains to ask him. I think he'd me £20 to go up to Dublin. What, what do you want if I'm looking at me? <laughs> yeah. So your yeah. father was looking after he looked the money out. Yeah, but that, you. the age of reason was 21. Now you've 18. You know, that was it. The daddy was the man. And you had to go by him. So, so the I loss said. of your brother and you getting married yes. ended your time yes. on the seas. Yes, yes. So what did you do then? What did you do from I there? I walked around the Drogheda here and done a few jobs at the circuses and carnivals because I was good at out working. You know, there used to be carnivals in the town, you get a shift here. And then somebody said to me, go down and see Father Dorman. Go down to the man in the cement works tomorrow and tell him I sent you. I said, I'm going nowhere. Back up to me father. Dad, I'm away to England. And he gave me a tenner. And he always said to me, you never give me back the tenner. <laughs> so and you, off I went to London. So you decided at that stage yeah, when you were doing bits and pieces yes. around the town, even though you had a sort of an offer for cement or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. you decided to go to England. Oh yeah, off I went, yeah. You but, and Joan? No, I went first. Off I went. She came up to the Drogheda station and away cheerio and I think she went back to work for her. I don't know, I'm nearly sure she was let back to work because they go back to work in Marcos that time she was in the private firm. Because a lot of women, when they got married, they had to stop working. Over I went and I arrived in London, up my auntie's house at 11 o'clock in the morning. Sunday morning, I forget. Young said, come on with me. Quarter past 12, the pub opened at 12 o'clock. I did a job at a quarter past 12. Meet me here in the morning outside with a lorry and away we went. And the rest is history, as they say. What did you work at over oh, there? Oh, the buildings. For the buildings, yeah. Building. Turning along the buildings, yeah. And you went over there, what, year 62, was it? May or June 1961. And stayed there and never came home. Well, I came over once or twice to visit until 1996. 35 years. Yeah. When did Joan go to you? She went a couple of weeks after me, you know, when I got a, a single room, a pound a week. Was your rent? Yes. The man that drove the, the, the old van or the lorry to work, they gave him five shillings. I think the wages was about eight or ten pound a week, you know. And then we stayed in that little room for a bit. And then we, oh, we come up in the world. A double room up the road was going. We dipped into a double room, 25 shillings a week. An aunt of mine knew another woman and she said, oh, your nephew and his wife, lovely people. So the auntie turned to me and said, Joan, there's a flat. Off we went and the, your man let us into it free for not because you're doing an awful lot of work. And I'm working on the building. So all the boys off the building came round and we painted it and plastered and done this and done that and got it going. I never forget as well later we bought she bought an old bed in, 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 in Harry John's an old open shop like down the road pull out beds anyway 
she was in the bed, and when I jumped in, it folded up on us. The bed folded up, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Well, that certainly yeah. brought you. Oh yeah, the I, I, no I remember, I remember like today. Yeah. Did you ever buy a place in in England, or did you rent we from the time you were there? We finished up owning that house in about nineteen eighty. Okay, so you made progress there. You oh, had your oh, own yeah, place. Yeah. What part of London did you live in? Several parts of London. I lived in in, in Paddington, but in the borough of Westminster, and it's in uh, like uh, Made of Vale. Right centre of London, near enough. Just off the beaten track a little bit. You had your children in England as yes, well. Yes, yes. Tony and Denise. Tony and, and, and Damien. We lost a son as well there, yeah. The 30 odd year in the 80s. What age was he? He was 19. Yeah, tragedy he was, yeah, tragic. He what was, happened to him, He was a mod. A mods and rockers. And wherever I would carry on the word he got a heart attack. and never get out of it. Mum used to have to go every day to the hospital for four months. Took him four months to die. Shave him and we nursed him as well, yeah. And he died. That was another tragedy. And we got over that as well. No, it's not morning time. It's not the breakfast show on LMFM. It's late lunch and Danny McAvoy is with me. You know him well as the janitor and he's telling us his life story. Himself and Joan getting married, emigrating to London and then coming back home eventually. Don't go anywhere. You've got to hear this most touching love story. Stay with us on late lunch. Was it difficult to pack up and leave London after all those years and come back to Ireland and to Drogheda and settle in? No. We had already bought the house here. What about your children? They stayed. We we left them. They were okay. My son was married and daughter was... When you came back, Joan got deeply involved in the community here, didn't she? Oh, yes. Great. Yeah, yeah. She she loved the old community and the Drogheda. She'd done a lot of it in London as well. Oh, yes. She was the Drogheda Area Association in London. Hammersmith, London, the whole lot, and we had Lord Mayors, Lady Mayors, with everybody over. She got numerous awards, like, you know, presentations from, from Drogheda and the whole lot, and great. Well-known woman, yeah. and you're working here in LMFM yes, Radio, yeah. doing your bit as yeah. well, and I know she enjoys travel, and yeah. after a few years, when you sorted out your little dog, you went travelling with her yeah, as well, yeah, didn't yeah, you? Yes, yes, yeah. how we done before we came home, we'd gone a bit of travel, but I only done it like the Cyprus, man, I was only in the one area, she went... North, south, east and west. She went all over the all world. All over the place, yeah. Flavor. But you enjoyed your breaks yeah. oh, in recent great. years yes, with her. Yes, And everything lovely. is going well and you're very happy home here in Drogheda and well settled, as I said. The 11th of December 2017. Take the, me back the 11th to of that. December. That was the Monday morning. And uh, she, was, she, she was going to have their uh, senior citizens Christmas, their club, their Christmas due. She organised that together and going off to get that due. So anyway, post the Chris, get the post cards ready for posting. The English ones, the one bundle, the Irish one. So she said, you go off there and I'll, I'm getting a haircut. And she was going to the hairdressers. Off she went. And I went out. So I don't know what made me go back home that day so well. Because normally because if she was coming home, I'd stay out for a bit because she wouldn't know who'd be there. So I didn't go to the book because I went straight home. And about a quarter to one that day, I got a telephone call. Danny... Joan took a little bit of a turn, but she's all right. She's caught in town, we caught the ambulance. So this happened to her when she was out and about in out town and about, that day? Yes, yes, she walked into the brew, took off her coat or something, getting ready before she started, and she said, I'm going to the bathroom to wash my hands up. And I, I wasn't there, they only heard that she was in the bathroom. And I think the manageress or somebody walked in and said, Hello, Joan, how are you? And Joan said, I don't know how I am or something. And she said, the lady told me that she couldn't turn round. And she just slid away. So she took a massive stroke. Massive, massive stroke. Into the Lourdes Hospital? Straight away, yes. 
Were you told how serious it was? Yes. And I was told, have I got children anybody away? I said, I have. She said, you better contact them now. And they phoned our daughter. And our daughter thought like it was me that was ringing because of my phone. And it was the stroke sister. She said, you've got to come now and get your brother. Don't wait till tomorrow till now. So it was that serious. That's it was it. touch no. and go they whether even, Joan would survive. Yes, they didn't even want it. They wouldn't even look at her in the Bowman. She didn't even get to the Bowman. But the story is she did survive. Oh, and, and great too. It did. Yes, we're over the moon. Yes. She did live and she pulled through that. Yes. And eventually she makes an improvement. But she can't talk, Danny. No, no, no. no. Never spoke a word from that day to this. She's paralysed all on the right side. So she has paralysis, she can't talk, and she's immobile. She has to get about with the aid of a wheelchair? Yes, she can't eat and drink. And the wheelchair then is only, she only has a short window, but two to three hours a day. You know, she gets up and then you have to take her back there and put her into bed. So she needs a height, they told us, she needs uh, two carers, a heist and a nurse, 24-7. So there was no question of her actually ever coming back no, home? No, they told us they told us to go, so we went off. Can I tell you where we went off to? Well, our children went off, looked round at places, various places, and we set this, this, and we settled on lovely place, Sun Hill in Termin So how long is she in Sun Hill at this stage? She's in, well, we'd done three months in the Lourdes, and we went off to Dundalk, to the step down in Dundalk. And they done everything with her, but you see, it's a hospital and if Joan only sneezed, there was about three nurses round her, you know, and that, and there was in a ward like this, and four or five beds in there, and there was crack and chat, and now somebody would always see something, you know, the physiotherapy, three or four times a day, the man who was there, she used to come in, put into the house, into it. that man done marvellous work with her, he had her even, what well, we come standing up, and the first day that he had her even sitting up, we were called and we, we took a photograph. We couldn't believe that she was sitting up. So they did great work with her yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they got her to the maximum they could. They, they would have got her better if she had been left there, but they yeah. limit, you know, they would have to move from there again. I understand. How long is she in Sunhill? I think about seven months. She might have been there about May or something. Mm. Last May or something. Of 2018? Yeah, I'm not okay. very good. Yeah. You go out to see her every day? Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Twice a day? Twice a day, every day, yeah. What do you do for her, Danny? Anything. I can. Like what? Like what? When I go down there in the morning, the boss woman, Paul, you know, whoever's in charge, lovely people say, she's in the shower, Danny, she'll be five minutes, they're not finished yet, get her into the wheelchair, and they've done great shoes, socks, dress them, tidy her up, you know. And then I go in and there's a hug and a kiss and a wave, and I might just, they mightn't have, to see me come in, they might leave the bit of makeup for me to do, and I put on, put on makeup on. Put her lipstick on, put a bit of Vaseline on, and she lifts up her hair for me to do across her forehead, you know, there. And if I'm not doing it right, she'll grab my finger, and I have to get the mirror and let her see it. Yeah, and then if we're going out to walk around the area, I have to put on a cardigan or a coat and whatever, and then talk to her. And if I'm talking wrong, she look at me, and the finger goes up to stop. You know, what are you on about so she communicates she with, with you hand. in her own way yes, and you yes, understand yes. each other. One of, the, one of the ladies, the lovely lady, Pamela, she said, I, t- I taught Danny that she was a lovely lady, but she nearly, she went for me. I, I was putting her pillow one way, she said, and she pulled her off me. And she, she looked at me, you know, and <laughs> I said, now you know that uh, she was the boss, always the boss, and still the boss, yeah. And actually, 
There's the young lad down there, big Michael from RD. He's got a job now in Drogheda, one of the big hospitals there in Drogheda. And he used to say, oh, yeah, oh, the boss. That's the call he called the call to the boss. But they're so so sweet, so good to us, you know, down there in that Sunhill place. Lovely. Yeah, you're very happy there. You yeah. take her out for walks, walks Danny. Walks around the place, yeah. Now, I'll go back. When I finish here, I'll go back down there and I can have a cup of tea. She'll be the toner every two hours. They're into it every two hours and I have... Uh, nebulizers and I have suction machines and there's a, our own sh- shower, our own bath. You know, and I can wipe her face down and all them kinds of things. And I'll go back there now at four o'clock, or half four, whatever today. I'll be there till ten or after ten, sitting beside. We watch the telly together, and she'll tell me that today now. For instance, I didn't know went down, and sometimes I had to talk, put off the ads. And I'm a diver for BBC, and I pump BBC. Well, she looked at me. I went, I, oh, sorry, I, I put it back on. She was watching Dr. Phil. <laughs> For you, Danny, it's been a huge change in your life as well, hasn't it? You never really did your own washing or ironing or Jerry, stuff like that, did I you? didn't even have to think. That is the truth. She did everything? She'd done the lot, did not The cooking, the washing, the ironing, yeah, I, I'd had, yeah, everything, yeah, could, you name yeah, it. I might peel the spuds or put a bit of stuff. I could, as I'm still able to do a little bit now. It's a sorry situation, you see, because all the, I can't even iron Jerry. That's a small thing, but yet a big thing. My sister does a bit for me, another little lady, she does a bit of ironing. And I've got them, when the summer gets a bit better, I'm going to start practising to iron. Well, a little birdie has told me that you are very good, that you've improved on a range of things. Oh, that yeah. you're doing the shopping, yeah. the cooking, the ironing, the washing. Yes. You are. Yes. I oh, know yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, and yeah. I, know you, I know you're working on it. Yeah. Listen, this is very recent for you as well, but you've had to do that. Yes. So out you go to Sunhill twice a day, every day, yes. and you spend a lot of time yes, around yes, there. Yes, yes, yeah. Is I, it tough, Danny? Sometimes. Just looking at this. Sorry for poor Joan, you know. And I'm only delighted that I'm able to be there. I love it, you know what I'm saying? I can't wait to get back out there now and tell her about today. Yeah. Well, can I tell you this, that your family have been in touch with us in LMFM and your son, Tony, and your daughter, Denise. And they want to say today that they love you and you're the greatest dad ever. <laughs> oh, the devil, yeah. They've been in touch with us and they want us to... S- pass that message on to you here on the radio today that they just think you're the greatest dad in the world and what you've done for Joan is just the greatest love ever I wish I could do more I wish I could do more Jerry but we keep hope one day I'm hoping to go in I said to her the other day I said I'm sure you're having me on you come at me down and you say what's this woman doing in here bring her down for her she loves to see the what do you call it, on the face before? Facebook, yeah, and all that type of stuff. She recognises all that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, look, on Valentine's Day, we wanted you to come in and to tell your story of a long and happy life together and the greatest love of all that's in your life and her life at this time. How many years are you married? Uh, 58 years married in in about a month's time. April coming up. It's great innings, isn't it? 58 years. 58 years, and we... And so I never got a chance to tell her that I was retired. The day that she got sick was the day that the manager told me here, Danny, your dream has come true, redundancy. And I never even got a word to just the truth. She and I've told her, but we never got one minute after it. But we had it before, you know. Isn't it funny in a way, yeah. the way life works, yes. that that happened and then 
Joan's health was taken away, yes, her yes, full yes, health. Yes, yeah. But yet you were available then yeah, just, to yes, give her yes, all the time yes. necessary. And the only thing I can say to people is tell them you love them every day because you never, never know. We had everything covered, Jerry. Wills, house, money, cars, no mortgage, no nothing. But we didn't think about this one. That's the truth. We leave it at that today, Danny, with that message for everybody. It's a lovely, lovely story and one of the greatest love stories you'll ever hear. I wish you and Joan many years of happiness together and thanks for coming in today, coming back to LMFM to it tell was, your story. It's a great, great honour, Jerry, an honour to come in and be on your show. Good on you, Jerry. Thank you very much. Perhaps love is like a resting place Shelter from the storm It exists to give you comfort It is there to keep you warm And in those times of trouble When you are most alone The memory of love Will bring you home Perhaps love is like a window Perhaps an open door It invites you to come closer It wants to show you more And even if you lose yourself And don't know what to do The memory of love will see you through Love to some is like a cloud To some is strong as steel For some a way of living For some a way to feel And some say love is holding on Some say letting go Some say love is everything Some say they don't know Perhaps love is like the ocean Full of conflict, full of pain Like a fire when it's cold outside Or thunder when it rains If I should live forever All my dreams come true My memories of love Will be of you And some say love is holding on Some say letting go Some say love is everything Some say they don't know Perhaps love is like the mountains Full of conflict, full of change Like a fire when it's cold outside Or thunder when it rains If I should live forever And all my dreams come true My memories of love will be of you The late, great John Denver on late lunch this Valentine's Day afternoon. And I want to dedicate that one to Danny and Joan. Louise, you will confirm that I've been talking for years, haven't I, about playing that particular song? You have. And you just keep missing the opportunity. But you know what, Jerry? It's worth waiting for. Perfect oh, opportunity today. My word. I'm, I love John Denver. I'm privileged to say I saw him before he died in concert live. And I have all his songs and I love his music. But that one just 
touches a nerve for me personally and I just wanted to dedicate that to two lovely people this afternoon. Oh my God, Louise, the messages are flying in. And just read a couple of them here. I know you have some there as well. Hi, Jerry. will you tell the janitor I'd be happy to do his ironing free of charge until he learns how to iron. Isn't that, isn't that just, lovely? Isn't that love on Valentine's Day? Um, oh God, I'm just emotional here. I really am just thinking about it. And uh, Louise, you have you take a, you take one there, will you? For me here, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know it brings tear to yes. anyone. Um, Jerry, what a beautiful story. Danny is a wonderful man. God love him and Joan. If only there were more like him. From Christine and Jerry, I'm absolutely in bits here. I'm crying away. What an amazing love story through thick and thin, and I wish them both luck. Marie says, Danny is just great with Joan, Jerry. They are my friends for years, and I love them dearly, and God bless them. Uh, another one here, uh, Jerry. What a great interview today with Danny. All my best wishes to Joan and Danny. What an amazing life story when you hear it. Uh, best wishes to them all, always, and so on and so on. The messages come in to us. It set the scene, hasn't it, for late lunch this Valentine's Day afternoon? Stay with us because up next I have a lady with me who I always enjoy talking to. Sharon is here next. She is the matchmaker. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk, beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. I'm going to make an admission to you in Late Lunchland today. When Valentine's Day comes round each year, she's always on my mind. And I was sitting at my desk thinking, I must give Sharon Kenny a call and see if she's up for a chat on the 14th of February. And I'm not joking you. The next thing, I, 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 you know that thing you say when you're a child, I swear. The phone rang. Bingo, wasn't it Sharon, who is Ireland's best-known and most successful matchmaker? And to cut a longer story short, Sharon says, Jerry, I want to join you on Thursday to talk about passion, not love, says I. No, she says, it's all about passion. Well, she's here with me today and we're going to hear more about it. Sharon Kenny, you're very welcome. Hi, Jerry. Lovely to be here again. Oh, great to have you with us as well. Why passion rather than love today? Because love has to start with yourself and passion... It, that love of being yourself and knowing yourself and being passionate about something. And sometimes it's not about who you're passionate about first. It's passionate about yourself first. So if you don't start with passion with you, you're not going to be able to share that passion with anyone. So it doesn't matter. Like uh, what happened was you came up in a picture on my uh, Twitter and you were holding a big fish. And I was saying, there's Jerry with his passion and his big fish. And then you have something to go back and talk to your wife about and look at my fish and look at the amount of spots on it and look at the route of... And it's that long. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're fishing for sure. Yeah. I remember that snap was taken last year on Loch Arrow and it was okay. a beautiful trout I got, admittedly, that day. Yeah, it did have but spots. I am passionate about angling. Yeah. It's one of the things I'm passionate yeah. about in my life. Do you believe that people with passions, for example, fishing... That leads as a segue into being passionate when it comes to the human connection and interaction. Absolutely. And today, before I came here, I was in Slane. I met a lovely gentleman and I said to him, because it's going to be a question I'm going to ask everyone in future, what is your passion? And he said, passion? Sure, I'm so busy with the farm. And I said, have you got a passion about the farm? And he said, I've got four brothers on the farm. And I said, is there any... And he's actually listening in. And is there anyone in particular? And he said that you're any animal I do a bit of everything. And he said, the cattle, I just love the cattle. The way they create 
calves, the way they create milk. So he says, I never, I never talked about this before. I never thought of talking about this. And before he was saying, I don't know, I work hard. You know yourself, you get through one day, you get on to a next day. I said, get out of that habit. Start finding the things you're passionate about because with passion, then you've more gratitude. And with gratitude, you've more love coming into your life. And with, so passion does lead to love. And with love for yourself I'm talking about and the more love that comes into your life for yourself the more you attract love because it's back to the law of attraction then and what you give out comes back to you so it's not about being a Mars bar. You've heard that saying where somebody says they're that in love with themselves, they'd eat themselves if they got okay. the chance. It's not that. No, 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 absolutely not. It's about just being so happy in your own okay. skin. That, your confidence. So if it doesn't matter whether you're baking a cake and it's the best cake in the in, in the shop or wherever, or it doesn't matter what you do. But once you love doing it and you have, you, you put your best effort into it, because by doing that, no matter if you're married 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, if you've got a passion that you can sit down and say, do you know what? I'm the best at baking cakes. I'm the best at catching that fish. It's just to stand outside and get outside your comfort zone and push yourself to the best of your limit, whatever you're good at. Now, I want to read the definition of passion. I just okay. thought this would be appropriate when you're talking about it. And this is from the Oxford English. It says, passion is a feeling of intense enthusiasm towards our towards our compelling desire let me start that again passion is a feeling of intense enthusiasm towards our compelling desire for someone or something passion can range from eager interest in or admiration for an idea proposal or cause to enthusiastic enjoyment of an interest or activity to strong attraction excitement or emotion towards a person. So there's a gambit there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there is. And it is about that inner gut feeling. This really resonates with me and I get excited about it and I've got more gist in my life. I've got more uh, bubble in my in my whole body and that kind of feeling. There's something special there and I, I can do this and I can do it better than anyone. Or do it to the best of your ability. You don't have to be the best at it. Just love doing it. Can you have a number of passions. I was just thinking about this. I'm passionate about a few things now. You know, I yeah. have to say, I'm passionate about sport. I'm passionate about and angling is a, a pastime and yeah. a hobby. I love my gardening as mm. well as people know. Can you have a number? Yes, you can. And it doesn't matter. It's like the more you try of anything, the better you get at different things. So you can be passionate about one thing. You see people with their triathlons and mm. they just stick to their triathlons. That's obsessive, isn't that's it? That's obsessive. a real obsessive one. Yeah, And that's okay, you can do that. But there's nothing like trying out other things. Like, I love art, so I will and I gave it up for 20 years. The amount of people who've been passionate about things in their 20s and they've stopped it. And then when some hiccup comes into their life and they think, what else do I have? or what? They will always go back to their 20s and pick up that thing again. If they're open to trying new things and you mentioned a hiccup I'm probably thinking a woman is thinking yes he's a hiccup all right he came into my life some time ago or maybe vice versa yeah but the other thing to say about this as well there has to be balance doesn't there as well you have your passions yes. but you need to understand that there's a relationship and that has to be nurtured with a passion as well because some people become obsessive and the other takes yes. a back yeah. seat. Okay, back to the idea of the triathlon person. So that person can get obsessive with that and say, on 
Friday and Saturday, or sorry, Saturday and Sunday mornings or whatever, I go cycling with the group. And because of that, I, as much as I want a relationship, you have to learn to balance things. And I'm starting this passion board and teaching people how to do a passion board. And it can be a daily, a weekly. If you look up the matchmaker.ie, it'll be all over it. But it's a board and you do, I'm grateful for, and you have to have your gratitude part because that makes you appreciate your how you accomplish things rather than think, oh, that was a r- rotten week, week or it didn't go well. And then you have to do your to-do list and you start with what you don't want to do first and the important things on that list and get that out of the way. And just realise that when people say, you know, oh, sure, it's another week gone by, what's happened? But then you can look at this and say, wow, I've accomplished that. Wow, I've it doesn't matter whether it's going cycling for 10 minutes a day and then a week later, 15 and then a week later, 20. It doesn't matter what you do. But once you get outside your comfort zone and develop a passion for something. Is it important to have actually passions besides the passion in a relationship? It is because that's where you see relationships go stale because people don't have enough going on in their own life and it's important to be happy and content in yourself and uh, to get three circles the right size is what it's about and it's linked to the trinity you know three circles linking together and that very centre bit of the three circles is your soul and your happiness within your soul. So one circle is our work the other circle is ourselves and that's really 100% you and the other is your relationships and if one of those circles are unbalanced you should try to get them all the same size so work harder at that one that you're not paying attention to so you actually mentioned back to Valentine's there's so many people who say you know is it important or you know should I do anything about it and it is so important to remember that person all the time like you mentioned the oh Oh, Danny you were listening I know Sharon was out in the hall listening to that story earlier on to Danny and Joan and Mm. the reaction that that has brought to us as well oh it's shocking to think that someone loses someone and they didn't get to say that they love that person and it is so important to Look into your partner's eyes or your husband's eyes or your some and say, you know, did I tell you today how much I appreciate you for this? It's just a bit of gratitude and appreciation to make that other person feel better. And I promise you, you'll feel better in yourself because you realise you gave that person some extra hope of love and appreciation. So you're saying today, if you do one thing, this yeah. is a message you want to send out today. Yeah. Tell the person that you love, that yes. you love them today. Yes, absolutely. You love them. Just do that. Yes. Never but mind it, cards or flowers. Yeah. And if you only made oh, that gesture. Make the card. You don't have to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Make the card. Make Make a draw up, make a uh, out of a hanky, make a heart, do something that you wouldn't normally do. And they go, okay, they'll probably say, what's wrong with you? You know, uh, you know, they probably think you're going mental or something. But do, do something that you wouldn't normally do for your wife if you haven't given her a flower or a card. Make it out of a tissue. It doesn't matter. Do something that just says, I appreciate what you've been doing here for me and I'm here for you as well. So today it is very important to acknowledge this day. You know, people say, oh, it's a commercial thing and the restaurants and the card makers and the yeah. flower people. Of course they are. Yeah. But there is a real point in the 14th of February. Absolutely. Now, I won't be going out to dinner tonight because I actually do believe it's too commercial. And I believe it puts so much pressure on us to, oh, look at those people at the table beside us and what are they doing? And look, they're smiling and talking and you're not talking to me enough. 
And why aren't you talking to me enough? And you're driving me crazy because you're not giving me enough attention. So that kind of pressure can build up. And I've seen it when I'm out. And actually, you know, it's tiring. So it's about enjoying your company with your person and you don't have to do it tonight. You can go and say you know, let's go out and have a really nice lunch on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be about spending. Now it is commercial because even when I was down in Slane, the prices of going out for a three course meal was absolutely insane and I was thinking, gee, Dublin is cheaper than Slane. <laughs> and, uh, but it, we have to take the commerciality out of it if we don't like that part and say, do you know, let's just get a takeaway and a movie and just hug each other and remember to hug and remember to give that person that little bit of a kiss. But the most important thing is then try to remember doing it a little more than you've done it before. Make this as the beginning of the change Absolutely. from from this day on. Isn't yeah. she great? I love when she comes to late lunch and we have a chat. She's going to stay with us a little while longer. I want to ask you, have you a passion in your life? Are you a passionate person? Do you have a passion? If you have, let us know what your passion is. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to join in the conversation, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp. It's free or text. Or you can call in 1857-15958. And don't forget, we're all over social media. I was just thinking there before we go to the break that couple out for the meal they'd probably be looking at their phones but maybe I'm being a little bit facetious Sharon we'll come back to that in a moment anyway we're across social media Twitter Facebook Instagram you name it back in a few moments Sharon Kenny's with me on late lunch check her out the matchmaker oh, it's matchmaker.ie isn't it the, the matchmaker. matchmaker very important that the... P-H-E is very important the matchmaker.ie thank you uh, I, I was reading you write a lot about this as well as working uh, with many many people and I, I want to throw a quote back at you that you've written recently it's never been easier to meet someone but to fall in love today is harder than ever Uh, there is so many different avenues out there and so many a lot of fakeness out there and because of that back in the day your grandmother used to introduce you you know your relations would introduce you friends would introduce you nowadays that doesn't happen friends don't introduce friends I don't know why, it just doesn't happen anymore. And so people are so into themselves that they don't think of other people as much or they just say, leave it to themselves, I'm not going to interfere. But with the likes of Tinder and other apps out there, that's all about hooking up. And it's like, just, you know, it does end up in love for some people, absolutely. But by the time you see 100 people then you might meet your one out of the hundred and you're going into that situation thinking is this guy real or is this not real or is it so it's so much harder to see is he just out for a quick fling or is she just um, after my money or is he just after me because of whatever you know this comes into the situation with online dating which makes people put up barriers quicker and just go I'm not taking this seriously and then that lack of respect happens throughout the internet because it's he could be messing me around she could be messing me around so the reason people come to me is because they feel that's all out of it because they know that okay I'm 37 I want kids I want to settle down they know the guy I'm going to introduce them to is a guy who wants the same so values are what is important not your hobbies your interests and that goes back to passions yeah so it's it's your values are what's important what you want at the end of the day uh, whether you're 60 years of age, 70 years or 80 years of age or 20. It's about what 
you want in the next five years because if you're in a relationship for a long term it's important to say to that person I want to be with that person in the next 20 years so I hope he wants to travel the world because I want to travel the world because if you change your values and what you want out of life you won't be going on the same avenue. So the matchmaking, matching per se, and I know yeah. years ago matching was done with dowries and land and this, yes. that and the other, and that was historically. But I hear what you're saying to me. On that uh, worldwide web and Tinder and all those apps and dating sites and everything, it's a free-for-all. You're better narrowing it down and looking, you know what I mean, yes. at someone who's maybe similar interest to yourself. Yeah have the desires and wants that you want as well. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be the hobbies but, you know, that you want to settle down, you both intend to settle down. Mm. The amount of girls that come to me at 39 and say they were in a seven year relationship and then I said to, and he, he decided he didn't want kids. What? How did you not discuss that in the first couple of weeks? And because of um, advertising out there or people telling them, oh, don't mention that you want kids because he'll run a mile. You know, be honest, be genuine, be upfront when you're going into that relationship. You don't have to mention that, oh, listen, you can do it in a different way. You can say, uh, can you imagine having toddlers like that someday? Mm. Yeah, that could be fun. You know, you can, you don't need to... Yes, yes, so out the situation yeah, without not, being direct. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't need to be if in the first two, three weeks yeah, yeah. you don't want to. So when do you want kids? You know, <laughs> oh, that's a runner. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, that's seven years. Like, can yeah. you imagine stringing someone along for that amount of time and then saying good luck? Yeah. And the biological clock is yeah. ticking. But imagine not even asking. So it's her fault as much as his in the, the yes, particular yeah, case. Yeah. And I said, did you not? And she said, I just presumed he was so good with the nephews and nieces. I presumed. Never presume. If there's a, if you have your list with your passion board and you know what's important to you, like this tall, dark and handsome, get it out of your head in a second. Honestly, go for that person. Of course you want to be attracted to him. Chemistry is very important. Go for that person that you can actually have a belly giggle with. I want to ask you something there because I see a man in with Louise in the other studio. It's Eamon Doyle, our programme controller. And Eamon always says, come on, while I have you here today, Jerry, there's someone for everybody in life. Do you agree? Absolutely. Someone for everybody. And if you find you're not finding that something, you have to change something about yourself more than anything else. You have to see where, you do your checklist, where you're going wrong. So that's, as the, as the matchmaker, I do people's checklists and see the silly little mistakes people are doing, whether to push people away and they don't know they're doing it. They absolutely put up barriers. They don't know they've barriers up. You know, I even talk to people about, you know, how to touch people, you know, how to just touch their hand and not overdo it and not under, if someone is shy enough. Um, Down to, you know, even have to how to kiss someone, you mm. know, even how to make that first move. It's so important. Do you do demos of that, Jared? I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I jest, I jest, I jest. Oh, no, I might but, try it. <laughs> we'll give it a go when yeah. we're off air. Yeah. Anyway, uh, come back to this uh, and this day again and uh, the, the whole thing you mentioned there about, yeah. you know, the online thing. Yeah. It's still best. Now, you do your job and do it really well and are yes. so successful at this. But, you know, even to be out and about... You know, meeting people, you know, face to face, those introductions, which you mentioned again, Mm. 
we need to get back to that, don't yeah. we? Well, even with the guy that I mentioned earlier, and I was saying, why don't you take up dancing? And I said, no, I was talking to him about yeah, it. He yeah, says, oh, I have two yeah. left feet. And I said, well, that's one way to lose them. Start dancing. Get out there. And he was, because Stan and Slade, he was saying, oh, gosh, the ladies don't go out much and they don't, you know, it's hard to meet someone. And he said, you f- I find if you go up and you buy someone a couple of drinks at the bar and then they say. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for that, and they're gone. And I said, okay, I have these 36 questions to love. Mm. Now, they're on thematchmaker.ie as well, the website. But, and if anyone wants them, I can email them to them. But they're brilliant. And it's like... Where's your favourite country to visit or county to visit and why? Because you discover so much in that simple question when you're sitting opposite someone rather than making a date feel like an interview. Like, uh, where are you from? What do you do? Do, do, do? And that's what online dating is about, really. But by the time someone gets to me, they get to read the whole profile about the person. So they have an understanding that they've a lot in common. So when you're out on that date... Do ask questions that aren't the norm, like um, who's your favourite uncle and why? Now, that's a favourite of mine because I know why I like that because unfortunately he passed away this year. But my uncle Tom, uh, and he was from Cavan and he was, um, and he always made me laugh. He actually always would have a story and a, a and, and and most of them were made up uh, stories, but he always made me laugh. So that brings it back to me. So why do I like that? I like people who I can giggle with. And my partner is someone who does that for me. So everyone has something that they're interested in. So if you work out who your favourite uncle is, you'll actually realise that there's something in that personality that you want in your future partner. Very, very interesting. Just before we finish, I want to have a little bit of music to finish out myself and yourself. You know, Tina Turner saying, what's love got to do with it? Yeah. The bills are to be paid, children arrive, they're to be reared, jobs are to be held down, you mm. name it. Yeah. What's your suggestion? How do you give it a little push along, get back to... Get outside your comfort zone. Do something you've never done before, whether it's back to making a paper or a flower. <laughs> Honestly, look it up, Google it. You can make a paper flower. Bring. I've actually done it and it's so easy to do. Um, just do something that's not the norm. Um on a day-to-day basis, do turn to that person and genuinely ask them, how did your day go? And look into their eyes and hold their hands. If you don't hold their hands for a while, hold their hands. If you don't give them a hug for a while, say, come over here. Let me give you a big hug. You know, do something that you haven't done. From a point of view and passion in the bedroom, do kind of start buying 
little kinkier underwear than you've done it before. It doesn't have to be that much kinkier, but just different to yes. what you do. Mm. You know, so do try experimenting and st- stepping outside your comfort zone. Shake it up this Valentine's and remember, it's all about passion. Sharon says it today. Go to it. Thank you for joining me and I can find out more about you at thematchmaker.ie. Check her out. Thank you. See you again soon. Great. Thanks, Thanks for coming in to me and we're going out from Sharon with a song that I absolutely love and I dedicate it to everybody out there today. It's John Legend and All of Me. What would I do without your smart mouth Drawing me in and you kicking me out You've got my head spinning No kidding I can't pin you down What's going on in that beautiful mind I'm on your magical mystery ride And I'm so dizzy Don't know what hit me But I'll be alright My head's underwater But I'm breathing fine You're crazy and I'm out of my mind Cause all Imperfections Give your all to me I give my all to you You're my end and my beginning Even when I lose I'm winning Cause I give you all of me And you give me times do I have to tell you, even when you're crying, you're beautiful too, the world is beating you down, I'm around through every mood, you're my downfall, you're my muse, my worst distraction, my rhythm and blues, I can't stop singing, it's ringing in my
if your libido is a little low on this particular day of the year, listen up because I have a very special guest on the line. Her name is Lana Citron and she's the woman who's written a brand new book called Edible Pleasures, a textbook of aphrodisiacs. Hello, Lana. Hello, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'll tell you one thing, that voice alone just is fantastic, I think, this Valentine's Day. Good. Well, happy Valentine's to you and to everyone. And you too. Anyway, tell us first, mm-hmm. what is an aphrodisiac? Right. Well, an aphrodisiac is a digestible, something you digest, that provokes sexual desire between two people. Or is said to provoke sexual desire. Is it proven? Um, there are, yes. Okay, so... Yes and no. So first of all, I would say the main caveat being the most erogenous uh, zone of a person is, of course, their mind, okay? That said, there are medical aphrodisiacs, um, which, of course, are proven. Yeah. So for instance, if you have a look at uh, Viagra. Yes, of course. Okay. And there are lots of uh, food supplements and herbal supplements which are said to be very effective um, for certain um, aspects of one's libido. Uh, and then there is, and this is what I'm really interested in, I suppose, is actually eating together. So the actual idea of people eating together and how that is so important um, in our lives. And, uh, you know, we eat, uh, but not just for nourishment. It's a communal action. It's a bringing of people together, people sitting down, having a meal, and also in a more intimate scenario, which I suppose lots and lots of uh, your listeners uh, tonight, I'm assuming, will maybe go to the local restaurant where they will be having an intimate meal. And um, the food, it's not just about the food on the plate that that might... Um, wet their uh, appetite, I suppose. Uh, but it's also the ambience of the room. It's also the way the food is presented. And, of course, it's the chemistry that's uh, between two people. There has to be chemistry there. And, um, and then, yes, of course, aphrodisiacs do, do work. Um, I suppose for me, I like to see it as kind of a foreplay it's like a foreplay to the main event. It's part of the tease, part of the dance of love, I suppose. Which ultimately stimulates the mind, as you said a couple of moments ago there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely, it stimulates the mind and brings the people um, closer together. And what's also interesting uh, with food is how um, food and desire, which... Um, has such a strong relationship and it it crosses all cultures every single culture since time immemorial has used food uh to whet the appetite and to stoke the flames of desire and order between the between the sexes it's quite incredible it being a universal trait now you break it down into four main types and you mentioned the pharmaceutical one we know about the Viagra for example a moment ago there's the biochemical uh, there's the psycho uh, physiological aphrodisiacs and they are things that suggest have sexual suggestions about them different types of foods as well and then of course it's the foods deemed to be aphrodisiac uh, by association you know like uh, mm-hmm. organs of animals this dates back yeah. centuries I'm sure as well so that's the breakdown on it now 
you have listed, moving on from that, you have listed five aphrodisiacs, five top <laughs> aphrodisiacs. So in, this in is the article, yeah. <laughs> this is what I want to get to today. And this okay. is in terms of what to eat that can help the libido this very day. Now, they were just my personal preferences. These okay. do it for you, is that it, Lana? <laughs> so each to their own. <laughs> saying, okay? Well, you've been the woman who's researched this and written about it. I am really curious and I'd be happy <laughs> to take your suggestions anytime. Well, it's highly, highly suggestive because what works for... Actually, well, obviously, um, there's different aphrodisiacs for men and women traditionally. Yes. So both the genders use different uh, foodstuffs um, to provoke their their senses. Um, I, I don't know how um, explicit I can be on your program, actually. I'm try, trying not to be. But um, so, uh, yes, it is just completely uh, sub subjective and also within a, a subjective context. So, the, But I would say that of all um, the ingestibles, and I think my first choice uh, is alcohol, and that is highly um, effective if uh, not, um, you know, not used excessively. Yes. Because it does relax. It is a relaxant, and it does, um, I suppose, um, douse your inhibitions. You know, you, you let go a little. Yeah, of when course. You're, when you're merrily drunk. Um, so that is actually highly Okay, so alcohol is an aphrodisiac, yeah. but you don't want to fall asleep in the job either, we have to say, because too no much... No don't, no overindulgence. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. you have to just get it right. Yeah. Now, I, I, yeah. I, I look at, you mentioned oysters, and we're very uh, close to brilliant oyster uh, farms here in Carlingford on the east coast mm -hmm. of Ireland. Oysters you love? I, oh yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, who doesn't? Although, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there, although you can ingest a bad oyster... And that would put a complete dampener on any um, yes. romantic ideas. Um, but, yeah, the oyster is such a, an, a beautiful uh, food. It's so light. First mm. of all, you're not going to be weighed down after, you know, uh, ingesting some, some beautiful oysters. Um, and also, historically, you know, it was a favorite uh, food of Casanova. And he's written um, wonderful descriptions of how he would share oysters tongue to tongue with his his lovers yeah and um it's it's just uh wonderful and also it is uh, very uh good for you it's uh full of zinc yep. um and uh specific um vitamins and obviously it's uh if anyone's watching their weight only seven calories per oyster. Oh, magnificent. Kerwin's... <laughs> I mean, Kerwin's wrong. Yeah, Kerwin's Fish Cart is a famous fish shop in this neck of the woods as well. I can just see a run on oysters this evening after you mentioning it. Uh, there'll be people in looking for a half dozen or a dozen. They're lovely <laughs> fresh oysters today to get them going tonight. What else? What are the other top couple you'd mention? Give me a couple more. Okay, well, I think everything. Basically, when I did research the book, I realised that there hasn't been one food, basically, that hasn't been... Uh, deemed to be an aphrodisiac. So if you look in your cupboard, right, or in your fridge, eggs, eggs one are one of the most potent symbols of fertility. And um, the Chinese uh, say that they represent the yin and yang, the, the male and female. And uh, again, that, that crosses uh, uh, cultures. It's, it's an incredibly good food. And um, I don't know if you remember a film called Tampopo, 
It's this uh, exquisite Japanese film, and there is an incredibly erotic scene mm. in it where the man and woman share uh, an egg yolk, um, and they take a raw egg yolk, and they pass it from their mouth to, to mouth, and then finally it, it, it bursts and dribbles down the front of the woman's uh, lips. It's an uh, incredibly charged uh, moment. But, uh, yes, yeah, so the eggs... Now, my, and, producer, uh, my producer Louise has just after shown me that she has eggs with her today. Wait, I'm well, tell her <laughs> to get cracking. <laughs> There you are, Louise. Get cracking. Get cracking is the message from from Lana. Oh, she's gone. I, no, don't go out to stay in your. She's away. Stay where you are. There. Don't leave me alone here. Although with Lana, it wouldn't matter. What did we be fine? I'm sure. One more. Give us one more. We've about a minute left to chat. Give us another. Okay. One. Um, look, there's a, a million. But it goes from, like, the humdrum to bread. Obviously, you know, the baguette is very phallic. Yes. The baguette. And then you can go all the way to the most extreme food. So I'll just tell you about the fugu fish. So, and again, in Japan, this is a highly toxic uh, fish. About 300 people are meant to die from it every year. And it's just the danger of eating, you know, or the, the heightened uh, sensory awareness of eating something that's very dangerous for you. Um, you know, the whole idea of pleasure and pain. Uh, and then uh, there's other foods like the work. I mean, there are really disgusting things that, that people uh, do um, and eat and imbibe. But uh, interestingly about the oyster, it's live. Mm. That is the thing about it, and that's yeah. what puts some people off it. I yeah. have to leave it there. I'd love to talk to you forever. I want okay. to mention the book again. It's called <laughs> Edible Pleasures, a textbook yes. of aphrodisiacs by Lana Citrin. Get it, get it, read it, study it, eat the foods. Lovely to talk to you. Happy Valentine's. You too, Jerry. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she lovely? Lana Citrin there. Next up on Late Lunch After the Break on Valentine's Day. Brush Shields. Brush Shields, it's Valentine's Day. Have you the card, the roses, the flowers, the chocolates? I'm not that type at all, Jerry. I don't do cards or chocolates or tulips or anything like that. You know, never did. Never. No, I'm not. I'm not a romantic type, Jerry. Here's the question that everyone wants to know about Brush Shields. You celebrated yourself and Margaret fifty years of marriage. Congratulations! Back in January. Hey, you're you're cutting us. You're cutting us, bro. And uh, yeah, that's right. Fifty fifty years of marriage. January January eleventh, Jerry. So come on, Brush. Tell us the truth. What is the secret to fifty years of a happy marriage? And you know what the lads always say, just do as you're told. That's what it's all about. Like, from my perspective, the most important thing is we'd, like, we had a bit of, we had a good bit of crack start to finish, you know. It's more about having a few laughs. Don't take anything too seriously, unless it's terminal. That's all. It's made great friends with other people along the way, and you've the old shared memories at this stage now. So, like, it's a long time since we got together, Margaret, myself, in 1962. Met up for the first time, 1962. Where did you meet her? How did that happen? I was playing football for a team called... St. Saviour's on the Western Way, Broadstone in Dublin. And the manager had this great idea that if we, <laughs> that if we all learned ballroom dancing, that we would like, we'd be nimbler, you know, on the pitch, like it would help our balance. And I'm sure he was ahead of his time, but he had, to, he had to organize some girls in, like the dance of the lads, you know. And that's kind of, that's where it all sort of kicked in, you know. So you saw their brush for the first time. You know, yeah, and like it was good crack. We're all jumping around like them. From then till now, it's been the same 
you can hope you have a few laughs, you make the most of it, and then every so often there's a bit of sadness around the corner, you face that and you move on. And you were obviously young at the time. Did you go out for long? Did you get engaged? When did you get married? <laughs> well, in 1962, Margaret was 16 and I was 17. Funny enough, I remember the day we got engaged, strange because I remember my dad kicking the television, but it was nothing to do with Margaret and myself. It was England beat Germany in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> 1966 I got a gaze that day but I went in and we had one of those televisions where you used to put the two bob in you know and then, you start, and then it would go off every so long but, but me, me dad like was he would, he'd be fairly you know from the Ballymun school of republicanism but he was he would have been happy if England got beaten very badly so I came in and he was going he was going berserk over something else. that was so I remember that so that'd be the day, 1966, that unfortunately England beat Germany. And you were engaged on that day. So the three lines on a short song, every time you hear it, you remember your engagement. I'm more interested in me dying, sort of getting annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in the blood, you know. Yeah. How long was it before you married? At the 11th of January, 1969. What I remember most about it was we hadn't any money. You know, so Margaret's father paid for that in the spa hotel in Lugan, where my great friend, who just died a couple of years ago, Joe Colgan, his father owned it, you know. But uh, so the spa hotel in Lugan that night, that's, that played a big part in my life, like from then on for other reasons, you know. But that, we remember all the lads that were there, and, you know, and everybody knows that beautiful photograph up on the internet that says, here's five good reasons why we're not having a 50th wedding anniversary party. And there's myself, Margaret, the great Phil Innes, the great Gary Moore, and the great Robbie Vernon. Those three boys, unfortunately, have headed prematurely for the promised land. Myself and Margaret, we slipped through the, <laughs> slipped through the net. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, 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 have, have, you have such a turn of phrase, bro. <laughs> I have to say, it's just we were close. We glimpsed the promised land. Now both of us there at different times. <laughs> <laughs> now, the honeymoon, I know you told me this story before, yeah. but I want you to tell it again today on Valentine's Day. Tell us the story of the honeymoon. Well, th- we no money to go on any honeymoon. And Phil, Phil Lennon, who was, who was me, one of my best pals of all time, he said, what we'll do is, me ma had a little bed and breakfast type hotel in Manchester, Mossside, Wally Grange, and the three of us will go over. <laughs> All right, so away we went, got off the plane. That was Margaret's first time ever on the plane. I was a messenger boy in Aer Lingus, so I got on the plane once or twice heading for Shannon for nothing. But that was our first time, and we got off, and we met this, we seen this woman coming towards us. After we got off the plane, it was a cross between Martin O'Hara, Martin O'Sullivan, and every actress, and Philo's Ma, who was, a, was as beautiful then as she is now, and had this unbelievable personality. <laughs> Slightly overwhelming, but it was the best welcome we ever got probably anywhere in the world, before, after, or since. So we wound up, we wound up in this place, this hotel she had. So it was, it was for entertainers. So there was all kinds of like jugglers and strippers and bits of bands and comedians all staying there. So she says, tonight, unfortunately, we're full, so you'll have to sleep on the floor. In the bar, <laughs> so we wound up, <laughs> wound up there that night, and she comes in with the breakfast, 
you know, the hand that was on the floor, you know, that full English, like the, the sausages on the bins or that, she tells me. There was a flu, a flu in 1969 called the Hong Kong flu. And she said, there's a band staying here called the Ivy League. And I knew, I knew, funny enough, I knew all about them. She said, do you know what about them? I said, they used to be called Carter Lewis and the Southerners. They had a regular spot on Brian Matthews' Saturday morning club, which is where I heard the Beatles and all for the first time on the BBC radio. I think it was, you know, 10 o'clock on the 10 to 12 on the Saturday morning. So she says, well, the bass player has the flu. And I told them, we've an out-of-sight bass player here from Dublin, and you're going to play with them twice a night for the seven nights you're here. And so I wound up playing with the Ivy League. <laughs> <laughs> Tossing and turning, and I can't sleep at night. So I'm out playing, and I look down, and Magra and Bill are out on the floor moving better than anybody else that's in the crowd. And that's how, that's how we spent the honeymoon. <laughs> what a fantastic story that is. By God, I'll tell you one thing. If she survived that, she'd survive anything. It's no wonder you've made the 50. Well, it was, I tell you, that was the easiest part of it, really. You know? Yeah. Crack was the, easy, the easiest part of it. And like anybody else, the years go by, the older you get, the faster they go, sort of thing. But that was, anybody can say that, Phil and I came on the honeymoon with them, and we all had the best of all times we met. Phyllis, Phyllis Ma, who's nearly as well known as Phil now, 50 years ago, and we're all still the best of pals. You can't ask for more than that, Jerry. No, that's so true. Life is about the friendships you make. And you said something earlier on, I want to come back to it, and, and just to say today again to people on Valentine's Day, everybody experiences the highs and lows of life. There are many challenges, there are sad times, there are good times. But through it all, you've come. And again, to come back to that point you made, is it about having a crack and a laugh, not taking things too seriously? It, it's not, it's not, it's easier said than done. But if you can go to bed in good form and wake up in good form and have a bit of crack during the day, to me, you, you don't have to work at it. Like it, it's it just, but it's easy for me to talk because life has been very good to us in most ways, Jerry. You know what I mean? We're, we're down here. As I used to say, like, I don't have to die to go to heaven to know what it looks like. I already live there. <laughs> you know, we're down here in the bend on the road and meet and it's a beautiful place and you get like trees and you're walking around that and it's easy for us to talk. It's harder for other people but we've had really had a great, you know, like everybody else, you have a lot of sadness over the 50 years where you lose great friends including Valentine's 93 where we lost our base pair in a tragic accident, John Brady. So every Valentine's Day that comes around like He's, more, he's probably more part of it than we are, you know, between that and all the, his friends that contact, contact each other around the world. But it's a similar thing. It's about happy memories, you know. So when we talk about him, we talk about, you know, the great times we had him. And that's the way, I suppose, everything should be, whether it's Phil it or Gary Moore or Robbie Brennan, the boys in the photograph. I can honestly turn around and say, look, I had great times with those lads and they were all, you know, great friends. But... You know, Phil dies at 36, Gary dies just a few years ago, Robbie dies. And, and you suddenly realise that there's less and less of the old gang around. So, so you better make, you know, make the most of it. And that's basically what we're doing, Jerry. You know. You certainly are. And look, it's good to remember your good friend on this Valentine's Day. It's a, a poignant day for you, as you said as well, Brush. Anyway, I'll let you back to the romancing. Well... <laughs> Hey, what does that mean? I have to make the toast this morning. 
<laughs> you better do something. I have to toast the bread, you know. But anyway, Jerry, like, uh, you know, much, uh, to all your friends in LMFM, at least, I, you know, thanks a lot for having us on, and, you know, that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? It is, and we're always delighted to have you on, bro. Thank you very much, Thanks Jerry. very much for taking the time, for taking the call today. Not at all. Lovely. Thanks again, Jerry. See you soon. Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around. I'm here in St. Oliver's Primary School, just outside Drogheda, with some of the students from the school here. And they've joined me this morning to talk about Valentine's Day. What happens on Valentine's Day? You give people cards and you um, hug people. You get roses for people and chocolates. You share love to others. Oh, isn't that just lovely? That is so true. Hugs and kisses. You give presents. Be nice. Give people cards. Give people secret admirer cards. Being kind. Being a good friend. That's what friends are for. Do your mammies get flowers or chocolates for Valentine's Day? Anybody's mammies get anything for Valentine's? She gets chocolates. It's a mystery, I don't know. She gets cards, chocolates and roses. Oh, your mammy's so lucky, isn't she? Yes? Flowers. Oh, you can't beat flowers. Uh, she gets roses. Uh, she gets cards and chocolates. Chocolates, flowers and love. So all the mammies get something on Valentine's Day, which is today. I hope he buys you flowers. I hope he holds your hand. Has anybody here got a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Ew. Nobody. Ew. Hold on, there's a man here with his hand up. I've got an ex-girlfriend. An ex-girlfriend? What's her name? I think it was Charlotte. Did you give her anything? Did you ever give her anything special? Yeah, I gave her flowers and chocolates before. This is a real romantic man, isn't he? And did you go on a date with her? Uh, yeah. Where did you go on a date? Um, We went out to a restaurant. To a restaurant and you had a lovely meal, had you? Yeah. But she's your ex-girlfriend now, is she? Yeah, she dumped me. <laughs> she dumped you? Yeah. Why did she dump you? I don't know. Oh, let's hear all. But don't worry, there'll be another girlfriend soon, won't there? Yeah. Oh, didn't I will. I want an ex-girlfriend and her name is Georgia. She broke up with me I don't know why. She dumped me for, for someone in my class. Oh, I'd say that caused a little bit of friction, did it? Yeah. Oh, it surely did. So she's going out with somebody else now? Yeah. So no Valentines for you this year? No. Oh, isn't that just unbelievably sad? Have you a girlfriend? No. Have you ever had one? No. Would you like a girlfriend? Yeah. All right, so you're in the market for somebody, are you? No. <laughs> Anybody else have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? No. I will never have a boyfriend. I will never want to have one, ever. Why? I don't want a boyfriend. But your boyfriend would be kind to you and buy you sweets and flowers and take you out on dates. I won't like that. <laughs> There's somebody who definitely doesn't want a boyfriend. Is there anybody else who wouldn't like a boyfriend or a girlfriend? I want a girlfriend. Do you? Actually, no, I don't want Oh, he's after changing his mind almost immediately. <laughs> but it's Valentine's Day today. Will anybody be making cards for Valentine's Day? Yeah. 
Oh, look, all the hands have gone up in the school. Are you all making cards? Yeah. I'm making a card for my mum and my dad. Ah, oh, good on you. I'm making a card for my auntie because it's her birthday today and we're getting her a Krispy Kreme. Ah, oh, well done to you, yes. I'm getting it for two of my brothers, making one to my brothers. Well done. I'm making one for my mum and my two sisters. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to make one. Okay, so you're not going to. Valentine's isn't on your radar at all. I might make, I might make one, but maybe for my mum. Ah, uh, yeah, do for your mammy, yes? I'm making a card for my mommy. I'm going to make a card for my mum that's handmade. I think they are the nicest cards of the whole lot. I'm going to make a card that's handmade for my mum, my dad and my brother. For my whole family. These are really great children in this school. I mostly have loads of pieces of paper and I mostly, on Valentine's Day, I mostly make them around the house on the street. Oh yes, so you spread it out from the house for people on your street as well. Good girl. My friends, my cousins and my family. My mum and my dad and my cousins. I'm going to make one for my mum and uh, sometimes the postman will give me a letter. Oh, the postman, I love getting posts to you. Yeah, and it was a Valentine's one. Oh, fantastic. In the post for you as well. This is the most romantic man in the school here, for, no doubt about it. What about you? Are you going to make a card? Pro- probably not. All right, so there's somebody who doesn't want to know about Valentine's. I'm a secret admirer. No one knows who I like. Oh, right, so there's somebody that you're a secret admirer of. Yes. Are you going to make her a card? Yes. I like that. He's been very coy and careful about that one. Fill my heart with gladness. Take away all my sadness. Ease my troubles, that's what you do. Have you ever done anything romantic? Hand up here, yes? I give my mommy respect. Well, I think that is just fantastic. Well done to you. Yes? Um, I make my mum breakfast on bed. Now you're talking. Mammies love that, to get their brekkie in bed, don't they? Yes? I make breakfast in bed and dinner for my family. Uh, I brought a girl on a date, which you already know. <laughs> and you're right to remind me about that again, because that is very romantic. I got kissed on the cheek once. And that was from my former girl, girlfriend. Well, that is a very romantic thing. I bring, I bring my mum breakfast in bed. I make my mum pictures. I made breakfast for my mum when she was too tired to make breakfast herself. Well, isn't that so considerate when your mammy's tired, yeah? Um, I sometimes make breakfast for my little brothers. I take care of my mum when she's sick. Ah, isn't that great? I made breakfast for my brother. What age is your brother? Eleven. And what age are you? Seven. Good on you. Well done to you. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You be like heaven to touch. Who do you love most in the world on Valentine's Day? My mom and my dad and my sister. I love the fairies. My two little brothers. My mom, my dad and my two sisters. No one. No one! But like, I, like, I like everyone the same. Ah, very, very good indeed. Everybody the same. My mom and my auntie and my cousins. My auntie, my nanny, my brother, um, my mom and my dad. My whole family. God. My mom, my dad, my dog and my sister and my brother. What's your dog's name? Darcy. And what kind of a dog? Spring Mixed Web Eagle. Lovely. 
And what age is he? In real years, he's only six. My whole family in the world. My dog, Hugo. And what age is your dog, Hugo? Um, in real years, he would be one, but in dog years, he wouldn't even be an age. That's right, because he has to be one before. It's seven, isn't it, for every year? Yes. And what kind of a dog is he? He's a um, French bulldog, and they're not like most French bulldogs because they're really short, and they have uh, massive ears. And you love him? Yep. He loves you? Does he lick you and jump up on you and love to be petted? Yeah, when I take him out from uh, out the back garden, he runs up and starts, like, uh, jumping on my pants and stuff. Terrific. It's someone in my class, but I don't want to say it. I'm really scared they might know. And you're going to keep it to yourself for Valentine's? Yeah, because I don't want her to hear this. Well, she just might hear it, but can I give you a little bit of advice? Make a card and send it to her. All right, I'll do it. Good man yourself. I like you. Come on, who do you love most? My granddad, Ollie, and my dog. Ah, oh, your granddad. Why do you love your granddad, Ollie? Um, because I haven't seen him in a long time and he got me loads of money for my birthday. Ah, oh, you can't beat grands and granddads, can't you? They're really good. Who do you love? I love my animal surprise doll. I love my pet fish. What's the fish's name? Ruby and Ginger. Oh, you have two fish. And what kind of fish are they? They're goldfish. And have you got them a long time? I just got them for my last birthday. Oh, lovely. And you love them. And you take care of them and change the water and feed them. I don't really do that that much. My dad does all of that. Okay, it's like most children with pets. They get them themselves and then it's left to the mammy and the daddy to look after. That, that's why we love mammy and daddy so much and the fish as well, isn't it? Love is when you hug someone, kiss them and you love them a lot. Ah, oh, and certainly is. My dog. And your dog's name? Rudy. He loves you too? Yeah. Absolutely. I love my dog. They all love their dogs now. Suddenly, there's a plethora of doggies that they love. Come on, you're waving at me. Who? I love my brother and my two dogs. My sisters and my granddad. What's your granddad's name? Amon. And why do you love him? Because he died. Oh, no. Did he? When? Last year. Oh, and he's in heaven with God, is he? Yeah. He is, and he's looking after him. Oh, my God. And you remember him well? Yeah. Oh, good girl yourself. That really is touching. Does everybody love Valentine's? Yeah! Yeah! You're making cards for all your mammies and daddies? Yeah! Well, can I say to you all, have a great Valentine's Day, and thank you for inviting me to St. Oliver's. Thank you. Bye! So true, love is all you need and today is the day for love. Thank you so much to the principal of St. Oliver's, the teachers and everybody there, especially Gillian, who made us so welcome uh, and the children especially. Uh, It's all about children and love through their eyes, isn't it, Louise? You loved it? I love the kids. I love yeah. listening to the kids. Don't know about the day, but I love listening to kids. <laughs> Listen, you. You have your eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what Lana yeah. said to us early on. I love at least two eggs. Get, three eggs a day. Get cracking, Louise, this evening. Get cracking. <laughs> anyway. I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention, we were talking to the children there. Um, Josh has a dog called Millie and he's Karen's boy. Karen, our receptionist here. And he sent uh, uh, Millie a card and it says, I woof you. 
Oh. <laughs> I love that. I really do love it. Oh, my God. Anyway, it is Valentine's. Do what you do. Enjoy the day and uh, tell the one you love that you love them this day. And that's the theme that's been running through the show from the beginning. I just want to read this quickly before we go. We're going to leave you with a song. Jerry, you only heard part of the interview with Danny. A great man and what a wonderful story. Would you also say hello to another great couple who are both in Sunhill Nursing Home, Therese, uh, Therese and John Kerwin, affectionately known as Percy and Tess, who will be celebrating their 62nd wedding anniversary at the end of the month. Oh my God almighty, isn't that something else? Uh, such a devoted couple to each other and an example to all. That comes in from Porrick Rath. Thank you, Porrick. And we're delighted to say hello to them today and wish them well on their 62nd. 62 years. Therese wow. and John Kerwin. It is so some long life of love together. And I will tell you that the Sean Tester concert is on on the 23rd of February and going along. Porrick, there's tickets for you. Porrick Rath was in touch with us with that one as well. And Sean Nealon, they both uh, get a pair of tickets each to the uh, concert by Sean Tester. She's the one. Anyway, we'll leave you today with an old classic, yes, Minnie Ripperton, and I think it's appropriate on the day that's in it. Loving you. Love, loving. It's all about it today on Valentine's, isn't it? See you tomorrow. Shine.
late lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.